condemnation. Jesus is the rock of my salvation. I can run through a truth and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time. Put your hands together. Well, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. He's my rock and my shield. He gives power to all. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. alive. God's not dead. He is alive. God's not dead. He is alive. I feel Him in my hands. I feel Him in my feet. I feel Him in my heart. I feel Him all over me. Well, God's not dead. He is alive. One more time. Yes, God's not dead. He is alive. God's not dead. He is alive. God's not dead. He is alive. I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. I feel him in my heart. I feel him all over me. God is good all the time. Amen. Welcome to the service this morning. Aren't you thankful He's good all the time, no matter what you're going through, whether it feels like it's tough or it feels like it's smooth. He's still good. Amen. God is good all the time. He puts a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good. Amen. All the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. My God is good. All the time. 
walking through the valley. There are shadows all around. Well, do not fear. He will guide you. He will keep you safe and sound. He has promised to never leave you nor forsake you. And His word is good, cause God is good. All the time puts a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. And through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. My God is good all the time. Now we were sinners, so unworthy, yet for us He chose to die. Filled us with His Holy Spirit, so we could stand and testify that His love is everlasting and His mercies. Amen. They will never end. God is good all the time. He puts a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. My God is good. All the time. One more time. God is good. Amen. Oh, God is good. All the time. He puts a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good. All the time. Through the darkest night. His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. Amen. Well, welcome to the service this morning. It's good to have all of you here. We've got quite a few missing, which is great because we've got a lot of few that are visiting. So that makes it nice that we're uh, evening out a little bit that way. Um, We're going to sing that song... um, Bring all your needs to the altar. Uh, We want to welcome uh, Brother Jeremy and Sister Susie Reynolds uh, here visiting. That's uh, the Reynolds' son and uh, daughter-in-law, I believe. So it's good to have them here. Uh, We also want to welcome Brother Hector and his wife from Chicago. God bless you. Uh, I'd like to... uh, Welcome my sister-in-law from Edmonton, Canada, Sister Sarah Wackelchuk, uh, here. God bless her. And uh, it's good to see the group from Buford here. Uh, so God bless you. Um, we're going to ask our brother Travis to actually come and open the service in a word of prayer and take some needs uh, before the throne. Uh, we want to remember uh, Sister Jackie Sylvester at home not feeling well. We want to remember a co-worker of Brother Matt Cross. His parents 
having a tough time with their health and asked us if we would remember them in prayer. We want to continue to remember our brother Bill, who is traveling, driving, so we want to remember him. And we want to remember our pastor, of course, who's over in Norway speaking uh, this weekend over there for a special meeting. So we want to remember Brother Barry and Sister Becky as they're traveling with Travis. God bless you all. It was uh, very nice to be a part of the youth meeting last night and uh, to see all the young people getting together and being a part of uh, something great. We're all part of something great, and it's good to see the young people on fire for the Lord. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so appreciative, Lord, of this, this morning. Lord, to gather together, Lord, around your word. How precious it is, Lord. If we could just cling to it with all of our might, Lord. It's, it's so important, Lord, in this age, Lord, for the young people to be able to see, Lord, your, your glory. And Lord, here as we gather together this morning, Lord, we just ask that you be in our midst, Father. We pray that you would be with the musicians, for Brother Matthew in the back. Lord, we pray that you would just anoint him with your presence, Lord. We have these needs before us this morning. Many sick and needy. Our pastor's away, Lord, ministering. Lord, we pray you bless him. Lord, we love you. We just appreciate you, Lord. And you know these needs, Lord. You know what it'll take, Lord, to... To, to help the need, Lord. So we pray that you would bless them, bless this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Your needs to the Lord. He is so willing and time yes bring all all your needs to the altar oh bring all your needs to the Lord he is so God's mercy. 
shake hands with those that are around you, welcome them to the service, and then uh, you may have your seats. Sister Lily is going to come and sing for us at this time. While she's coming, uh, I've got two announcements. Um, The first one is, uh, look for it on the website for our local folks here, Um, men's camp out, boys, father, men. Um, we're going to have the uh, HB team men's camp out. will be June 22nd, which is a Wednesday through Saturday, June 25th. We're going to have on the website, correct? It'll be on the website as well as there'll be an announcement on the bulletin board. If you can come, please let Brother Andy Irish or Brother Peter Coffey know uh, if you plan to join in. Um, the second announcement I'm just going to make is uh, we weren't here last weekend, but I wanted to wish my wife a happy 20th anniversary. Um, I I really love her. And and appreciate her uh, for all the support she's given to me. Not very many women would be seven and a half months pregnant and be willing to move to a new country like my wife did almost 14 years ago um, when we moved here. So I want to say God bless her and that I love her. Amen.
finished in life Bring all your victories And of what you're proud Come and lay it down Lay it down, lay it down at His feet God of love and full of mercy In this fallen world He still something. Amen. It all might be different. Each one of us might have something different that we're carrying, but we're all carrying something. Amen. But to be able to go somewhere where we can lay it down. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. Um, Let's sing that song. Do you know that song, Brother Matt, His Strength is Perfect? Do we have the words for that? Amen. Um, Let's start. Yeah, let's start with the verse. I can do all things. Through Christ who gives me strength But sometimes I wonder what He can do through me Well, no great success to show No glory on my own In my weakness He is there to let me know. Amen. His strength is perfect when our strength is gone. He'll carry us when we cannot carry on. In his power, the weak become strong. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect. Now we can only know. 
power that He holds when we truly see how deep our weakness goes. His strength in us begins when ours comes to an end. He hears our humble cry and proves again His strength is perfect when our strength is gone He'll carry us when we cannot Let's sing that chorus one more time. His strength is perfect when our... Let's stand. This gone. He'll carry us when we cannot carry ushers to come at this time. I'm so thankful for his strength. Amen. If it wasn't for his strength, where would we be? Amen. Amen. Brother Jeff, if you could ask the blessing on the offering. As we get ready for Brother Matt to come, uh, let's sing that song, uh, We Need You, Lord. We Need You, Lord. Is that your prayer? Amen. Every day, we need you, Lord. Amen. Right now. 
and we bow our knees, oh, and worship at your throne, cause we need you, Lord, yes, we need you, Lord, right now, let's sing it, I need you, Lord. You just enjoy the presence of the Lord. We could just keep on singing and go throughout the afternoon, but amen. I believe the Lord has something for us. Do you love Him this morning? Amen. Amen. Do you need Him? Raise a hand and say, Lord, I want to identify. I do need you this morning. Well, we're grateful to be here. Certainly counted the privilege. Amen. To be here gathered with you. Been just a little while uh, since we were here last time. Brought my good friend, Brother Travis, here. And my son Ethan, my son Gideon, glad to have them and all of the familiar faces that I see. Amen. I just uh, bring greetings from Brother Barry also, who's uh, just texted me this morning. And uh, I don't, I don't, I just want to say, if I've never said it before, I love your pastor. I just love Brother Barry. I love his ministry. Um, I love his character, just his strong stand. And he's always just an encouragement personally to me. I love the whole Coffee family. Amen. They're a wonderful wonderful family and we consider them close uh, and dear friends and so I believe you're just the representation of that and his ministry and so we just wanted to say that and also bring greetings from our church at home and uh, seen some of you here recently and uh, it was just good to fellowship with you and good to be here. I'm so glad to be part of the family of God. Are you? So glad I'm part of a great connected body. 
Amen. And we all love the Lord. And there's all there's just a connection that we can't even explain really with words how we're connected, but we just all feel related. There's just a, a connection that we have that you have with believers. It's faith. That's really what it is. It's faith in the in the word. Faith faith in the one, the person. Amen of the Lord. We just want you to turn to Romans chapter seven. We're going to turn to the scripture reading. Brothers, I did send a correction. I just Luke, Brother Lucas, I'm not sure if you got that one, if you just have that ready. I want to look at Romans chapter 7. And so we have a thought here today that I just, uh, the Lord just impressed upon my heart, spoke it a few months ago. And uh, I spoke it in three parts, but we have one service. You say, Brother Matt, I hope you can do math. <laughs> and so I hope you believe in miracles. <laughs> Well, we don't want to we don't want to preach um, all the way through the afternoon or the evening, but we just want to say what the Lord wants us to say, and I just want Him to speak. Romans chapter seven. I'm going to give this. The title of this today is "Being Changed," and you're going to see why we titled it that when we read a quotation here. Being changed. Romans chapter seven, and uh, let's just begin reading here. Uh, let me find my place. Um, make sure I'm, I'm in the right starting. Yes, let's start at verse 16. Back up. Let's back up. Let's go to verse 14. Very familiar. Romans 7 is a very familiar passage. And there's been some who have taken, and we're not going to get into this uh, here today as it's not really our thought. But I want you to notice, because this isn't the Apostle Paul. Some people say, well, is this Paul speaking about a friend? Is he speaking rhetorically? Is it about himself? Is this to the person who's never been born again? Is this a person that that has been born again? And we could say here today, it's every single one of those would be, yes, it is Paul speaking about himself. It is a condition that you live with, whether you're born of the Spirit of God, or you're not born of the Spirit of God. This is a condition to the believer. So this applies to you. Say, this applies to me. This applies to me, what we're going to read. We can identify with Paul's struggle of what he's speaking of. And I love this passage. As we read it, it's almost like you're reading a diary of a person who wasn't expecting you to read this, but he's just sort of bearing out his thoughts as he tries to verbalize a struggle that we all can relate with. Let's look at it verse thirteen, uh, verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now, then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now, notice verse 18, very important. For I know that in me, notice the parentheses, that is in my flesh. So he makes a a clear, important distinction. Because Paul says, for in me, that is in my flesh. In other words, you are not just who you see in the mirror. There's more to you than what you might think. 
You're greater than just, Paul is obviously saying here, there's more to me, because he says, for in me there's no good thing, that is in my flesh. In other words, there's more to Paul than in his flesh. But in this part, there's no good thing. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh. So what I see in the mirror is not just who I am. That's not the only part of me. But I've made up of a body that everybody sees. I'm made up of a spirit that has five senses, my memory, my conscience, my reasoning, my imaginations, my affections. Those are all part of what make up you. And then I've got a soul, and then that soul is the real you. Now notice here, let's read it one more time. Verse 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. In other words, what I want to do, the, what, the, what I really want to do, I just don't, I don't find myself doing. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law. See, he's almost like figuring this out as he goes. I find then a law when I would do good, evil. Evil. Look here. When I would do good, when the inner man wants to do good, evil's present. There's another person who's present with me. For I, now notice here, because you remember when Paul's speaking of himself, I, in me, he's not just, he's, you gotta, you gotta catch this. He's speaking of the different parts of him. For I delight in the law of God. How many can say that here today and identify and say, the real me loves the word of God. I love every part of it. For I, he says, delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. So he speaks of a struggle. Let me just encourage you today and say to you that if you can say, I'm in a struggle, you should thank God that you're in a struggle. Because if you're not in a struggle, you're in danger. But if you can say and identify and say, I feel like I'm in a battle. (laughs) He says, warring. I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God. How many can raise hands and say, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Lord, we're so grateful that you're here. We've sang about you, Lord. We've sang this song even just here, Lord, before I came out. I need you, Lord. And how I can just raise my hands and maybe everyone would raise them with me and say how I identify this morning my great need of you, Lord. Father, I'm a believer. I believe your word. I have faith in your word. I came here with a good motive and a good intention, and I came to hear from you. Lord, but I raise my hands and say, I'm in need of you one more time, Lord. I pray, God, that you would come and do the impossible, do what I can't do, Lord. Father, may, Lord, each person that's gathered here today... Lord, that would be come with a need. May you meet that need. If it's a need of healing in the body, 
May you meet it. A need of healing in the spirit or in the soul, Lord, I pray that you would come and meet the need of your children. We ask you, Lord God, bless Brother Barry, keep him and his family, Lord, in in your care. And Lord, for us here today, we just give you the complete preeminence now in Jesus Christ's name. And the church says, Amen. amen. You can be seated. So if I go through this quickly, just stay right with me. Because um, we don't want to be here all afternoon. So we've got a lot of ground to cover. And so we're just going to go right through it. You with me right now? So that, that's good. That's how I know. When you verbalize and you say amen, I know where you're right with me. If not, I'll slow down and then we'll have to skip lunch. So you don't want that. Let's look at our first slide here. And do I have control here, Brother Lucas? Okay, good. So listen to what Brother Brennan answers this question. Romans 7. And we know this is the question. This is exactly as it's asked. It's in bold because that's the question. Person writes in in 1964, questions and answers. We know the law is spiritual. I'm carnal, sold under sin for that which I would do. They quote the entire scripture and then they ask their question. This I cannot understand. I'm glad we have a prophet and we don't have to guess. We have an answer. Uh, he says, let me just kind of polish it up so you can see. He said, in me is two persons. This is how Brother Branham interprets Romans 7. In me, this is what, how, Paul, how Brother Branham reads Paul is saying, in me is two people, two persons. Right. One wants me to do wrong. The other wants me to do. And every time I start to do right, then the wrong hinders me. How many of you people, this is incredible, how many of you people on the interviews this afternoon has run into the same thing? So here's Brother Branham saying these people in the interviews come to me and it's the same question that you have, that I have as a believer. How can I, Brother Matt, be born of the Spirit of God, have the Holy Ghost dwelling inside? I know I've met the Lord Jesus. I know I've met His requirement. I know I've had an experience in the Lord. I know that I love the Lord. I know I have faith in His Word. Yet I still struggle with my flesh. Yet I still can fall and get tripped up and get messed up and can come to such a low place to where I'm questioning if I even knew the Lord ever in my life. And Brother Branham saying, this is the same question that came up in the interviews of the same struggle believers are having. How can I find, this is the sermon title for today, being changed. So in other words, God can change you. He can justify you. He can sanctify you, fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, change who you are, change your desires, change your makeup, change how you dress, change how you look, change what you thirst for. And yet there can still be a struggle or a war in your flesh to do what's right. He says, how many of you on the interviews this afternoon has run the same thing? So in other words, what we find out is the Holy Ghost brings a change to your life, but it doesn't change everything. Say, Brother Matt, how can you say that? Well, you say, does the Holy Ghost change? Eventually... He will change everything. So the same Holy Ghost that changes your soul is the same Holy Ghost that will one day change your mortal body. Say, how am I going to be changed? Some of you who are elderly here today and could say, I need a change. 
I need a body change. I need something to change this mortal into immortality. How's that ever going to happen? I can't wrap my head around it. How's that ever going to take place? It's got to be something supernatural. It's got to be something outside of me. It's got to be a greater strength than what I possess. Come on, believers. Do you feel that way? It's got to be something stronger than me. Well, let me just tell you the same strength and supernatural power that will change your body is the same supernatural strength and power that changes your soul when you receive the Holy Ghost. Because the prophet of God says, a man who's born of the Spirit of God, that's a true paradox. What is a paradox? Something that can't be, but it is. Something that can't be, but somehow it is. That's what Brother Branham says a paradox is. So he says, a man who's born of the Spirit of God... A man who can take the carnal desires and nature from his flesh and the evil that he inherits from his mom and his dad and his grandparents and all of the grab bag of life and all of the complexes and all of the fears and all of the evil that exists inside of us when we're born. And somehow, Brother Branham says, but the Holy Ghost comes inside and he purges out that old nature and you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. How does that happen? The prophet says, it's a paradox. But it happens. It's got to happen. Right? Behold, all things become new. There's nothing old in the old previous life. The Bible says, behold, all things. You're a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Yet, you still have this flesh. The second person. Notice, in me is two persons right. One wants me to do wrong, the other wants me... He says, how many of you people in interviews this afternoon has run that same thing and this morning, same thing? We are carnal and that must perish. But then inside we are spirit man, soul inside. And that's faith in God's word. Then we bring our outside body under subjection, subservient. Under control. It doesn't mean that outside body just dot. When you become a, 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 a believer and you're born of the Spirit of God, you're just perfect, sinless. You never make a mistake. The Holy Ghost has just purged you of everything. No. We bring the outside body subject to the word of, to the word by faith, by accepting what God said. Can you say amen? He says, how can I take a cockleburr and make a grain of wheat out of it? It's impossible for me to do it. The only way it can be is because inside the cockleburr has been transmitted from a cockleburr wheat, a cockleburr to a germ called wheat life. So the prophet says here, he says, this is how you start out. You start out, and this is incredible. I'm just going to pause from this just for a moment to bring you, make sure I don't miss this. So what you find out from Romans 7 is that You think you're a weirdo? You are a weirdo. You think you're a strange creature? You are a strange creature. You are. To the world, to the rest of the world, you're a weirdo. And really, Paul says, I find this struggle. There's two of me inside of me. I want to do good. I love the Lord. But I don't find. I find then also, whenever I want to do good... There's an evil desire present. How is that possible? There's two distinct lives, two distinct influences 
And they're always there. Let me make sure you get this today. They are always there. Brother Branham says that before I gave my heart to the Lord, he said, I should have given my heart to the Lord Jesus years before I did. But he said, there was a spirit that hung over me and followed me and prevented me and hindered me from accepting the Lord before I did. So what does that tell you? There was always a spirit that was trying to hinder him from coming to the Holy, to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Brother Branham says this also. He says, now when a baby's born, he says there's always a spirit there. He says to receive that life if you're a son or daughter of God. Brother Branham says there's a spirit there when you're born into the world and you take your first breath. There's an angel there. Brother Branham's asked that question. He says, do you believe an angel follows you? Follows the believer? And Brother Branham says, absolutely. Talking about a guardian angel. Is that just a wives' tale? Is that just something that we've told our kids? Brother Branham says, no, no. He says, there's a real guardian angel that guards over your life and is always there from the moment you take your first breath all the way to the time when you were led to the altar or at a hotel or at your home in your living room and you got down on your knees and you accepted the Lord, there was an angel that was pushing you and beckoning you and pulling you and drawing you. And there was always a devil there trying to hinder you. There was always two forces trying to get you. And let me say this, those two forces did not, doesn't change when you're born again. There's an angel there that draws you and pulls you. And there's always an evil spirit always trying to hinder the sons and daughters of God. Brother Branham speaks of it this way and says there's a difference in being a person who's... When you're a sinner before you're born of the Spirit of God, you're the, the dominion of sin. You're under sin's dominion. You are its captive. You are its slave. The sinner doesn't sin. You remember, this is, a, this is elementary for you here at this church. The brother Aaron says, the sinner doesn't sin, he's just sin. Only the Christian sins, right? Because he said the only sin is unbelief. We don't categorize and classify sins. I know people love to classify and categorize sin and they put pornography over here and then pride somewhere down here on the ladder and then bitterness is way down here. But, you know, drugs and now, oh man, it's way up here. But in God's eyes, there's no classification. They're all the same. And so, so... Brother Adam says there's a difference though when you're born in sin and you've never came to the real true uh, new birth. He says then there's a dominion of sin. You're under sin's dominion. And he says that's what controls you. So you say what changes when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? What changes is you're no longer under the dominion of sin... You're now under the dominion of the word and now the dominion of sin has moved from the place of the throne of your heart to a place of influence. And now it's no longer sitting and reigning on your heart, but now it's trying to influence you to do the wrong thing. And so Paul says, I'm a strange creature. There's, there's, if we'd be honest here today, that you could say there's things about me that scare me. There's an inner evil that, that exists inside or in a carnal nature and the carnal flesh that, that if, that have taken the wrong way and if we allow it to go the wrong way can bring about all sorts of evil in our life. Come on, Christians, stay with me. 
And so there's an evil that's always that dual person. One wants to do right. One wants to do wrong. The evil that you hate is always present with you. So the good, all the good, the good things that you want to do. And so, and you could all say here today, man, just when I think I have my act together, just when I think, man, I'm really, I've really arrived. <laughs> and then just bam, you just get knocked out by some blow from you didn't see it coming. And then you're back down weeping and saying, man, have I never even had an experience in the Lord? Well, I'll say amen. <laughs> and so what happens is you can say, well, Brother Matt, how do we get to this place? How did I get to this condition? Well, we could do an origin of where sin began, and we could start in Genesis and talk about how the, you, there was a perfect man and a perfect woman, and then they fell. And we could trace its lineage of sin all the way back to the beginning. But, you know, it's amazing that you ask the question, how did I become infected with this? You know, the person who has cancer, they're not so much concerned on how they got cancer. They want to know, how can I be free of cancer? It's not so much a study of how does cancer come and where does it come from. They just want freedom. And I believe a true believer is more interested in not understanding everything, but just saying, how do I get free of that nature that's in me? How do I find freedom in Christ? The first thing you have to understand is Romans 3.9. Very, very familiar. I'm just going to read it to you. The Bible says, all men, you can mute that for a moment, all men are sinners, both Jew and Gentile. Somebody say all with me. All. So all, that means everybody. That means no one is exempt. That means no preacher is exempt. No prophet is exempt. Anybody that's ever lived in a fallen body, the Bible says all men are like are alike and they are all sinners, whether Jew or Gentile. You say other people are, some people are better than others. No, not in the eyes of God. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. So there's no, there's no one good. Romans chapter 3 verse 10. No one is good. No one. No one in the entire world. I'm reading this from the New Living Bible. No one in the entire world is innocent. Romans 3.10. No one has ever really followed God's paths or even truly wanted to. Everyone has turned away. All have gone wrong. No one anywhere has kept on doing that which is right. No one. Now, could the deacons go and pick up all those angel wings that are crashed over there in the yard and those halos that we just sort of trashed and threw out? No one. I know we like to get prideful and all oh, this brother's this and we, we esteem people and it's good to esteem people. But here's the here's the truth. I love the man who said it. Jordan Peterson just recently con- became a convert and, a, and con- professed believer and it said a powerful statement. He said, you know, if we'd really be honest, there's never been a true Christian except Jesus Christ himself. A true Christian. Now, there's an inner man who's inside of you, who loves the things of God, who desires the things of God. But there's this outward man and there's this war and this struggle. There's this constant battle and constant struggle. I'm here and then I'm up and then I'm down. Brother Matt, are you preaching that there's really no victory in the Holy Ghost? No, I'm not preaching that to you today at all. I'm preaching you can be set free. There's freedom in Christ. 
And where does that, what is that free from? Free of yourself. Free from yourself. So he goes on. Listen to what the prophet of God says here. And I'm just going to move through those quotes again. Brothers, if you could, Lucas, if you could put that back up. So you say, Brother Matt, why is that important? Because it's important how you view your first birth. It's important how you view sin. The Bible says that I'm a liar if I say there's no sin in me. If we say we have not sinned, we lie, right? And so the Bible says, now let, let me just go on. I'm just going to just save time. We're going to go straight to this. He says, how can a cockleburl? He says, how can I take a cockleburr and make a grain of wheat out of it? It's impossible for me to do it. The only way it can be is because inside that cockleburr has been transmitted from a cockleburr wheat, a cockleburr to a germ called wheat life. Then you bury that cockleburr and it'll produce a grain of wheat. That's right. See? He says, uh, wrong button. Because there has been a life of wheat put in the cockleburr. And the life of the cockleburr has been taken out. But the nature, this is what happens when you're born of the Spirit. The life of the cockleburr, the life from the dominion of sin, is taken out. But the nature of the cockleburr is still sticky. And it will be until this new life has been, has fully been developed. I love how clear the teaching of the message of the hour is. So clear. The life is gone, but the nature of the cockleburr is still sticky. And it, when, when will we lose it, Brother Branham? He says, until the new life has been fully developed. When is the new life fully developed? When you're 18 again. That's when it's fully developed. Not talking about the first time you turned 18. You might have turned 18 today. Guess what? You're going to be 18 again. Hallelujah! <laughs> so when is the when is it developed when you're 18 for the second time 18 19 years old for the second time then that new life has been fully developed and there's no more of this to bother you anymore and has been raised up again he says when it comes forth then it's no more cockleburr when it when brother matt when it's raised up look at the previous quote when it's raised up again at the at the changing of our bodies at the resurrection when it comes forth, then it's no more cockleburrow, but wheat. While, but while it's here on earth, out of the earth, and the cockleburrow is still sticky. But it's got the nature on the inside of the wheat. On the outside, it's got the nature of sin. On the inside, it's got the nature of wheat. And as long as you're in this life, you're going to be sticky and have a carnal nature that's going to bother you as long as you live. But the inside of you, you're born again. And when you're raised up, you're in the likeness of Christ and all the sin has gone from you. This is how the prophet answers Romans 7. I'll take his word. Somebody told me, listen, 
Somebody told me he had one time he was converted. Now, this is Brother Branham referring. I didn't just to save time. He refers to the Indian chief. And he comes up in a prayer line. And Billy's knows there's only so many prayer cards. And so he's only allowing people with really serious conditions to come to the prayer line. And the man, the man can't speak English. He's an Indian. And he says, what's wrong? He's an old Indian chief. And he says, me sick. That's all he could say. Me sick. And he goes through the line. He prays for him. And then Brother Branham says, years later, somebody told him that that Indian chief who was through the prayer line was born again, was filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen to what Brother Branham says here. He says, when it comes forth, uh, he says, I think I went to, I'm going, I'm going the wrong way here. That's, let's make sure we go the right direction. Somebody told me one, one time was converted. This is the Indian chief. Received the Holy Ghost. And he said to him, how are you getting along? And he said, pretty good. And pretty bad. <laughs> if I'd asked you today, that if you'd be honest, that'd be your answer too. <laughs> How's it going? Pretty good and pretty bad. He said, well, how do you mean pretty bad and pretty good? He said, well, since me received the Holy Ghost, he said, there's been two dogs in me, and one of them a black dog, and one of them a white dog, and said, they argue all the time. Said they growl and fight at one another and said, the white dog wants me to do good. The black dog wants me to do bad. Said, well, chief, which one of them wins the fight? Said, that depends on which one chief feeds the most. So I think that's a good answer. There just depends on the warring of the body that's in you. It depends on which one you cater to, which nature you cater to. The carnal nature after the things of the world or the spiritual nature after the things of God. That does it. That does it. Whichever one you cater to. So, Brother Brandon begins to describe this, and this is in the greatest battle ever fought. And he he describes this makeup of who you are. Paul says, I know that in me, and he clarifies that, is in my flesh. I'm not talking about the real me. I'm not talking about the inner man that's been translated. I'm not talking about the one who the Bible says in Romans 8, there is there now no condemnation for them which are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. But we're not talking about that me. We're talking about this me I still live with every day. That inner man is made up of body, soul, and spirit. And it's that body and that spirit that gives me so much trouble. There's an inner man that wants to do what's good. He wants to do what's right. He wants to live and obey and come under obedience to the, to the, to the Word of God. But there's a war. There's a struggle always taking place. Brother Branham says the devil is almost harmless unless he can have something to work in. You remember those devils that were cast out of legion, what they had? They want to do, he says, what, why? They wanted to do more mischievousness, so they wanted to go into the hogs. So devils must have something to work in or somebody to work through. How do I get to a place as a believer, born of the Spirit of God, but yet the devil is... Now remember, now that you're born of the Spirit, he has no power over you except the power you give him. He has no dominion over you, young people, except what you allow or give him access to. 
And you may not give him access through something physical that you go do. I didn't go down and buy a cigarette. I didn't go and buy any drugs. I didn't, I didn't do anything physically. But you can give him access into your spirit through bitterness or a complex or a grudge or malice or impure thoughts. And now that devil that's been removed from your life of dominion is now there trying to influence you. So, Brother Adam says they have to have something. So, the devil's tactic, now that you're born again, is not an attack that's going to come from without, but it's an attack that comes from within. You with me? So what does he use, Brother Matt? He uses your emotions. He uses your past. He uses a complex. He uses your memory. He uses pain. He uses hurt. Maybe others, ways that other people have hurt you. Brother Adam says in Satan, his power, his power is, he's God, is the perverted power of God. It isn't no real power. See, adultery is an act misused, a righteous act misused. Everything that Satan has got is something that was perverted, but it's a power. And we are today sitting here, and one or the other power is going to control us. So, let's cast out the evil one. Let's take our position like the stars of heaven. He says, inside of that body, I apologize I didn't have these on the screen, but just listen. He says, inside of the body is a soul. And that soul is controlled. Now, Brother Adam speaking of the spirit here. He says, inside of that body is a soul. And you know what he taught when future home when he draws it out on the board. You've got a body, you've got a spirit, and then you've got a soul. That soul is the real you. And he says, and that is controlled by imaginations, conscience, memory, reason, and affection. That's the thing that controls the spirit. Then what does that do? From the middle of the heart. From the middle of the heart. Brother Branham says it goes out and it feeds every channel. Your sight, your hearing, your taste, your smell, your memory, your conscience, your reasoning, your imaginations, your affections, what you give yourself to. It feeds every channel. He says, he says, feeding every channel. The trouble of it is, we're standing here with a lot of doubt. You say, Brother Matt, what is, where does that doubt come from? Complexes, fears, hurts, pains, pressures. We're standing here trying to accept it. He says, you've got to stop that and come down that channel with the true word of God. Then it goes out itself automatically. It's what's on the inside. That's the thing that counts is the inside. Satan's approach is from the inside. There's only one avenue that can cut, that it can come down. And that's by the way of free moral agency to come into the soul. By your thoughts. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Not as he thinketh in his mind, as he thinketh, not as what he portrays out here. He says, so is he. If you say to this mountain, move, don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you've said will come to pass and you have what you have. He says, there you are, there's the battleground. If you'd only get that started first. Here, see what it's covered over with. You say, well, the, the, these conscience and senses and so forth. 
He says, Brother Branham says, don't have anything. To, Brother, Brother Branham says, this man, he's portraying this. He says, well, Brother Branham, the, the conscience and the memory and the reasoning and the imagination, that doesn't have anything to do with it. Brother Branham says, certainly it does. But if you let the Word come in and cover over the conscience, cover over the memory, Wash out and purge the mind. Purge out your spirit. Purge out those complexes. Then the word can grow. Brother Branham says this. He says, he says, did you ever see a good grain of corn planted in the ground and then let a stick fall over it? It'll grow crooked. Any vine, anything that grows up because something has hindered it. Watch a corn. He says, watch it grain. Watch it grow. You see, straight. And they're all straight. And man, they're just growing, shooting up straight, straight. And he says, but watch one. And a stick or something fell over it. And he says, then it'll go crooked. You know what that stick could be? Something in your conscience. A pain. A hurt. Someone told a lie. Someone talked about you and you heard about it. Husband blew up at the wife. The wife blew up at the husband. And Does that happen here in... Good, okay, good. Children, fathers, mothers, relationships, something happens, there's a, there's a complex, there's a fear, something happens in that channel, Satan has access, he gets control. And Brother Brandon says, and watch when it falls over on that, he says, it'll grow, it'll grow, that's the miracle, but it'll grow crooked. It means to have a bend, crooked means to have a mark by bends or angles, it's not straight or aligned, it's bent are twisted out of shape, out of place. So the plant survives the abuse. The plant survives the fall. The marriage goes through something horrific and something horrible. And it survives. It survives the hindrance. It still is growing. It goes through the growth process, but the limb is always hindering its growth. You say, Brother Matt, how do you fix it? You've got to remove the limb. Much like a person who grows. Listen, Brother Branham says it must be accepted in the mind. Then it's believed with the heart. Then the word becomes a reality. Then every sense of the soul and body is just scourged out with the Holy Spirit. Then your sense of God, your conscience of God, everything that's godly flows through you. Oh, when I read this, I just raise my hand and say, Lord, purge out every conscience. Purify my mind of every grudge and every bitterness and every malice and every complex and every stick that the Satan wants to put over top of me. Purge it out of me, Lord, so that the Spirit of God can just flow freely. There's no doubt or nothing anymore. But if that channel has been cleared out and been purged and been filled on the inside of the Holy Spirit, then don't even come in memory. Don't batter Miss Jones and what she did. It's you and God together and nobody else but you two. There you are. There's your battle. Kill him at the beginning. Stop him dead in his tracks. It ain't how long you can make the war linger. It's stop it right now. You have to open the channel. Every one of those channels is clear. So what happens, Brother Matt? Speaks of this like a boiler. A boiler. He says, that's what's wrong with so many blowed up Christians. The flu has been stopped up. You put a fire and you'll burn the thing up. He says, it's because they don't clean out the channels. They don't go on the inside. You've got to clean your conscience, your memory, thoughts, laying aside everything. Coming from the inside out with the unadulterated Word of God. That's the truth. 
See, it's your mind that opens the door or closes the door. And listens to your conscience, listens to your man. There's too much to get to here, but I hope you catch the point. When you're born of the of the Spirit of God, you're changed, but you're also being changed. And let me just stop here for a moment, so I don't lose my my inspiration of what I'm what I the the crux of my message here. I'm trying to get across. You must must of necessity be constantly being changed. You cannot stop. I don't care how far the Lord has brought you in your mind and your marriage and your spirit and your church uh, as a believer in Christ. You can never stop. You've got to keep growing. You've got to keep being changed. Say, Brother Matt, I want to change in the body change. How am I going to change? You've got to change now. You've got to be ever changing and ever clearing out and moving on and saying, I've tasted of the Lord, but there's more of the Lord. I've climbed up to the mountain, but there's a higher peak I can go to. And I want to push out everything of unbelief. And I want to climb to the top of the mountain. You've got to be changed. Listen to this as Brother Branham, I'm going to stop there and just move on to the next line. If you went into a doctor's office and told him you were sick, told him your symptoms, and he was in a hurry, he'd probably give you a little prescription with some anesthetic in it or some sort of aspirin. That, listen, the doctor is merely trying to get rid of you just at that time because he hasn't time. A real good doctor, before he give you the medicine, would diagnose that case thoroughly till he found out what was wrong. Then give you the medicine. It's so incredible because we can sometimes just push people and we could throw out the gospel. And it's a pill and it will save you and it is what you need. But it's so amazing how sometimes people just are so callous and just go, you just need the Holy Ghost. You just need to be born again. You just need to go through a prayer line. That's all you know. That's your, your entire problem. Well, I've got issues. I've got problems. I, I don't, you just, you just need to go, just, you just need to fall out, have some experience, dance in the spirit, just fall under anointing. All those things are good. You say, but the man you preach against us? No. No, it is, it is an experience that maybe they're lacking. Maybe they do need the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. He says, but a real doctor, because what is a real doctor? He'll really care about you. Brother Adam preaches, he cares, do you care? A real Jesus cares about you. He made you. He cares about your complex. He cares about that grudge. He cares about that bitterness. He cares about that anger. He cares about that temper issue. He cares. And he wants to change you. He wants to clean you. doesn't just want to throw throw aspirin at you and say, just take the pill. Just take the pill. You're fine. Get out of my office. And sometimes that's how we treat people. <clears throat> I ain't got time. I ain't got time for your problems and your issues. Got too many. Got too many. I got too many good, whole, fixed people. People who don't have problems. You know who Jesus went to? He went to the people with problems. For the well, why do you go to them? Why? Jesus says, "Well, does the whole, does the those that are well need the physician? No, it's those who are sick." He says, and sometimes notice. Sometimes this is incredible. He preaches this out of Zacchaeus. I love this message. Zacchaeus, the businessman. And sometimes we find people going through these prayer lines out across the nations and they just run up and think that the Lord ought to heal them right then. But then he says, but there is something maybe down in there. 
And we set before the Lord until He reveals that, what that is. There is something... Now listen, I'm going to key in on this statement. I want you to key in on it for the rest of the sermon. There's a reason for everything. There's a reason for everything. Why am I this way? Why does this bother me? Why am I made up this way? Why? There's a reason. You may not know it, but there's a reason for everything. And you've got to find the reason first, and then you could find out what to work on. I found some, someone not programmed, excuse me, on the interviews this morning, the person, I guess they're still in the building, about speaking with tongues. The person is a genuine person, a real person. They've lived right. And they've heard me say the evidence of the Holy Ghost wasn't speaking in tongues. And it isn't. But I advise that person to ask God to let them either speak in tongues or prophesy. Why, Brother Branham? Why? You've just preached the speaking in tongues is not an evidence of the Holy Ghost. And now you're advising this person, Brother Branham, this is an interview that he's relating, a woman who came in a private interview, and she be, she's battling whether she's ever been born of the Spirit of God, battling if she really has the Holy Ghost. And Brother Branham says, now I've just preached on how it's not the evidence, but I advised her that you pray and you ask the Lord, you ask the Lord to let you speak in tongues or prophesy. Notice, because it's the nature. So in other words, he knew this woman was built a certain way to where unless she had this experience, she would always be bombarded in her mind with doubts and fears that she's never really been born again. So what is Brother Brown? Well, what are you going to do, Brother Brown? That's a complicated case. No, it's actually really simple. Just ask the Lord for you to speak in tongues doesn't have to be complicated. We make it complicated. But it doesn't have to be. Paul said, I would desire that all spoke with tongues. My whole church. Did you know tongues was the only gift? It's the only thing in the Bible, actually, that you're allowed to covet. Go read your Bible. So why, Brother Matt, why would Brother Adam say this to this woman? Because it's her nature. The first thing I went to that person and I found their birthplace. Aha! Uh-huh. So there's more to you than you? There's more that makes up you and how you tick and how you live? There's more to it than just, just who you, what I see here? No. Their birthplace matters. Their nature matters. The home they were raised in. The school that they went to. The people in their life that were called teachers were important. You say, Brother Matt, is that important? Absolutely. Brother Brandon preaches that in leadership and it says, notice you first come from your mother and the first love a child should ever feel is from the mom. He says, because that child comes filled with a void in their heart and a mother's love fills that void. And he says, then the mother takes and she's, she's there under the mother's love and it's under the mother's direction. And then it goes into the father. And he says, now you come into a time of your life where now you're under the tutelage of your father. And now you're under the leadership of your father. And it's still love. It may be more corrective love. <clears throat> Maybe not. Brother Diggs preached a sermon in our church one time. He said, you know, you know, the Bible teaches law and grace. He said, well, every mom and dad is either law or grace. And his mom was a police officer, so she was law. (laughs) 
You have two, two or the other. And Brother Branham says, then you go from the mother, and he says, now that you go to a father, and you're under the influence and the leadership of that father, he says, then you leave from there and you go to your school teacher, maybe your Sunday school teacher. And it's important. Those influences in your life are shaping and making who you are as a person. And then you go from there. And Brother Branham says, then you maybe go from there to an employer or a job. Now, what happens when that child never receives the love from the mother and he's got a void? You know what, Brother Branham says, then what, watch what happens if that child never receives the true love of a mother or the true love of a father. It'll go and fill that void with some violent substitute that Satan gives them. You see how, how important it is for us? I'm right here with you, mothers and fathers, that we portray the love of Christ correctly. And he says, the first place I found was their birthplace. And what sign they were born under and could tell what their birth was. Which way it's set in their natural nature sets them in a certain line. Then when they're reborn again, they're over here in another nature. And then when you find into this nature, that's the inside. Conscience. Inside conscience. It's been one of the most amazing things I have noticed along the lines of my ministry for our Lord Jesus is the peculiarity of people. It's been one of the most amazing things that I've noticed is the peculiarity of people. And the study of human life is one of the greatest things that a person can study. To watch nature of people. And the different parts of the nations and worlds to where you go, you'll notice that there's a a different attitude that people take towards Christ, towards His service, towards His servants, towards worship. And one of the things has been that one type of meeting will just be wonderful in one part of the country where it won't work in the other part of the country. Notice, this is Brother Brandon speaking here. Now we're just going to go through this because we've got a lot to cover. But he, he speaks about the nature, how you're made up of memory, conscience, reason, imagination, affection. Now notice what happens here. He says, excuse me, sister, have to relax my mind once in a while. Now we'll be strangers. I see that you're strictly a stranger to me. You're far away from me. You've come from another city. You've got a lot of trouble on your heart. And you've got heart trouble to begin with. Is that right? You can hear in that videotape the woman saying yes. There's a whole lot of blackness. I see a sheet. Keep following you like that. Oh, it's a lie. Somebody's told a lie on you. And that was a man professing divine healing. The sister says, yes, sir. So notice this woman comes up here. She's got a flesh problem. She's got a real physical problem in her heart with heart trouble. And now there's another part of her called her spirit. And there's been a lie that's been told of her. And now because of something she's taken into her spirit, now it's affecting her body. He says, somebody's told a lie. Your heart, your heart, you have heart trouble. Yes, that's right. It's coming up for heart trouble. She has no idea. Remember what Brother Brandon says? There's a reason for everything. Somebody's told a lie on you. And he's professing divine healing. He said you was a witch. Yes. You can hear the woman in the, in the tape. She's trembling now. Yes. Is that true? And you've got a whole stir in your church or something or another about it. Is that right? Your pastor's sick right now. He's got polio. Is that right? Yes, sir. Sister, don't pay no attention to what them people tell you. They're a lion. 
The only things wrong with your heart is that nervous condition got your heart worked up. Go on home in peace and God bless you. You're all right. God bless you. You're not a witch. So what happens? Was it some hocus pocus that he, some great workup of emotion? No. All that happened was there was a lie that was told, which the sister ingested into her spirit, and now it brought a result of her body having heart trouble. And what did Brother Branham do? He just exposed the devil. And whenever the devil is exposed, freedom comes to the family of God. Whenever Satan is exposed in your life, you say, then what do we need, Brother Matt? We need the Word to expose the devil in our mind, in our memory, in our conscience, in our reason and imagination. You're not a witch. You believe with all your heart, believe God will heal you, TB? Heal you of that TB? I believe He will make you well if if I'd ask Him. Lord Jesus, I pray you'll heal the woman. May she get completely whole. This is how He prays for her. Go on your road rejoicing. Listen. And then strangely, I went to a place where I made an odd turn. Instead of turning there, I went up to make a turn. And he says, the lights flashed on a lovely couple on the outside. Two two fine young ladies that I had just married to. Two fine young ministers. And Satan, notice, after he's seen the minister, one of them was ministry being set and took a life's companion right here at this altar. They went away happily on their honeymoon. And the enemy jumped on this young man. So they get married, you got boy, you got girl, raised in two homes, two families, two lives come together. All of them are made up of memory, reasoning, conscience, imagination, affection. They're made up of their past, their history, their home, the atmospheres of their home, the kind of father they had, the kind of mother they had, the kind of brothers, the kind of sisters, the kind of school kids, the experiences they went through, all the trials that they had, if there was sorrow in the family by loss or sickness or disease, if they lived in a, in a holy home with holy parents and good godly raising, or do they have parents who don't serve the Lord? All of those things are intertwined and mixed in into this marriage. And you've got all of those problems and all of those issues and all of those strains from that family and everything that makes up that person. And Brother Brandon says, lovely people, lovely couple, now they're married and now they go off onto their honeymoon. And now the enemy tries to jump on, right on their honeymoon, the enemy jumps on this young man. And I'm saying this to express what I'm saying, does he care? Somehow with faith that would take not take no, they turned and returned back, knowing after they was all the way over, it, way in the east. You say, Brother Matt, why does, why does all of that matter? This is why it matters. Because Brother Brandon says, this is what's wrong with blowed up Christians. They never clean out the channels. They never clean out the flu. And then when, 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 when instead of forgiveness, they hold a grudge. And instead of that pain that they went through, instead of allowing the Lord, only the Lord can do it, to come in and say, Lord, heal me. Heal me of that hurt. Heal me of that pain. Heal me of that problem. Instead of that, they they have a choice to make. They can either accept that or they can hold on to it. And they don't realize it, that, that sometimes the reaction to someone who's been prideful is you become prideful. And you hold on to that. And then what happens? You say, Brother Matt, what is it important? That home? Yes, it's very important. You could have different type of, you could have a, remember, I've heard a man say this, a powerful, profound statement. He says, your adult life is simply a reaction to your childhood. 
your entire adult life of who you are now that you're mature and an adult, you're just reacting to things that happen in your childhood, whether good, they could be good, or bad, they could have been bad, maybe good and bad. And it's a reaction. And so, so remember what Brother Branham says, there's a reason for everything. So a child who doesn't receive affection and love from a mother, Brother Branham says, would go and fill that void with a violent substitute. And it's all a chain reaction. Maybe he had the love of a mother, but the father was absent. He wasn't there. He never knew a father's love. Or maybe he knew a father, and that father was in the military, and he was a drill instructor, and he was militant, and everything was just, you know, always just performance, and you got to do, you got, and so their entire worth and value is based on how well they do academically, or how well they do in sports, and if, that's how they esteem themselves and their own worth. And they could grow up in a different home, and maybe have a different kind of mother, different kind of fathers, and then you grow up. And then you raised and you turned out good. You get married. But remember, you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But remember, you've still got a flesh. And inside of that flesh is all of those fears and, and all of those things that happen as a child and happen to you that maybe shouldn't have happened. And you watch what happens. You ever heard the statement? I'm sure you have. It's a popular statement. Hurt people hurt people. People that are hurt hurt others. So you just take that and translate that pain through generations of generations of generations. And until there's the Holy Ghost to come and give victory, we didn't have, don't, won't have time. I have it on my slides, but I won't have time to read it. But you remember the story Brother Branham tells, and I think it's about his, it's either his nephew or his cousin. And, and he's, the mother and father come to Brother Branham with this boy, and he's, and, and he's dating this girl, and, and they said, Brother Branham, we just, you just gotta pray for him. He has this issue, this hang up that he's having. And Brother Branham begins to diagnose this boy, and he says, now look at you. He says, you're, he says, he says, he looks to the mother and he says, mom, your entire family are Germans. They're real stoic. He says, look at your, your other daughter over here. He says, I see her in the morning. Come by walking down the street and there she is out in her yard. And I say, howdy do, ma'am. And she just sits and stares at me. Sure, a fine morning. Brother Brandon says, that's just how she's made up. He says, that's how your entire family of Germans, they're, he says, you know, he says, that's how they are. Very stoic, very, you know, very exact and very, you know, just perfection. And they, he says, that's how your family is. And he says, now that's, that's, that boy has inherited that from you in the grab bag of life. He's made up of those, that DNA. And he says, now you're, he says, look at you. Look at, and he speaks to the husband. Now, this is Brother Random's uh, brother, I believe. And he says, look at you, your entire family, Irishmen, they're fighters. They got tempers. They're mad. They're mad all the time. He says, they got anger. And he says, and that boy, that's been bred into that boy. He looks back to the mother. He says, look at you, your family. He says, you know, your mother and father, when and he speaks of a church that they had went to, he says, your family can't ask for forgiveness. They can never say, I'm sorry. They don't know how. It's just not in them to say, I'm sorry for something I did. Isn't it incredible how Brother Branham moves to such a natural realm? Not some ethereal, you know, way deep mystery. He just stays right in the natural realm. And he says, they're, they're, caught, they're, they're, they're worried about this boy. And he says, look at you. He says, look at your family. They're fighters. He says, and he points to the husband. He says, they're all brawlers. And that boy has now been interbred between those generations and now he's having this struggle and this problem he can't get over. And Brother Brandon looks to the mom and he says, 
Now, but hold on, sister. You're not that way. Your entire family can't ask for forgiveness. They're stoic. They're, they're hardened. But you're not, sister. You're gentle, sweet, loving, kind. He looks to the man. He says, now, now you, your entire family's brawlers, but you're not. You got the love of the Lord. And Brother Branham says, now what did that? What made you different from the rest of your entire family? And he says, what was it? The Lord Jesus came into your life. And he says, and now, and Allah, I wish I had the statement. He says, and now it's no longer your people anymore. It's your Christ living inside of you. And Brother Branham says, well, then what's, then what's going to happen to my boy? The same thing that happened to you will have to happen to him. And until it does, I'd advise he never gets married. He'd make a woman's life miserable. And he says, but now, he says, that, he says, that gentle, Brother Branham stops, he says, until that gentle, loving, kind, meek, humble spirit of Christ comes into them. He says, it'll be a paradox when it happens. So everything that's made up, all of your fears, all of your complexes, everything, the Lord has to come in generationally and clean all of that out. There's a reason for everything. You've got to purge your spirit. You've got to, you've got to purge your mind. And Brother Brandon says, the enemy jumps on this young man. And he says, he says, I'm trying to express, does he care somehow faith that wouldn't take no for an answer? So they come back for counseling. They're just married. He has a blow up. And he says, Brother Brandon, what's wrong with me? Here somewhere on their honeymoon, returned back and was sitting, waiting. I walked in, fine, handsome young man, wife sitting on the outside, crying, her and their little companion, uh, her and their little companion, and the other man and the other brother coming, running, which is a friend of this young man, saying, oh, Brother Branham, such and such has happened. He won't tell you what's happened, but there's been a massive, there's been a blow up already. Went there and seen this handsome young man sitting there just in the peak of his life, a leader of young men sitting there, and Satan bound him. He never noticed but I took my hand left to shake his, shake hands with his hand right to see if some disease had plagued him. But there was no sign of vibration. So what's he doing? He's a doctor who cares. And he's diagnosing the case. It's not in his flesh. Aha, so it's not a fleshly disease. Let's go on a little further. Coming right out of the room from praying and fasting and waiting upon the Lord, the anointing of the Holy Spirit was there, and that's why it led us. And then seeing the shadow of darkness over him. I never said what I was doing, but in less than a couple of moments. What's he doing? He's counseling this boy, looking over his life, looking over his family history. Where were you raised? Who was your parents? He's diagnosing the case. But in less than a couple moments of time, it was all gone the coldness of his hand had left. He was shouting and praising God a few minutes to find himself. And here they sit right here this morning, sitting in the audience. See how Satan was trying to upset that young man by referring to him of some complex to be built back, which the Holy Spirit knew and I seen it by the vision of the Lord. I love this, but God cared for that man. God cared for that young boy. 
Just like that, a complex of something in his past and Satan at their honeymoon tries to rebuild and revisit that complex. You see why it's so important that we're not just healed in the soul, but you say, Lord, heal me in my spirit and my makeup and everything that I received in the grab bag of life. Just coming in a few moments, the lady seen her sitting on the aisle, just got her seat. He says, just got her a seat some way and sat down. She said, nine years, Brother Branham, I've tried to get a hold of you. She said, I'm so desperate. I'm I hear a lady couldn't even get a prayer card to be in the line. The lady moved back. She said, Brother Branham, just a word with you. Standing there, her vision broke over this fine young woman and see that her heart was burdened. She was trying to work, make a living, and a great thing happened back, way back in the time of her parents. And that it caused this great thing to happen to her. And the Lord Jesus revealed it and showed what it was. And there in a moment's time, took it from the woman. She went around rejoicing. And now sitting here in the audience with us, uh, sitting in the, sitting in the audience with us, rejoicing with tears. And she's wiping her eyes now, knowing that the truth of the thing was made known. And that what that poor little neurotic woman that was so nervous, she didn't know what to do with herself, thinking she was gone and there was no Holy Spirit and this is her last day. Oh, you're not the only one who's ever thought that in your life? Thinking this was her last day? She had tried for nine years and she was about at the end of despair. God cared for that little woman who no one cares for. See what a time he does care. Something all the way back in her parents were now affecting her as an adult. God cared when he was on earth. I say he cared for the people so much till he healed their sick, comforted their hearts, told them about a place where he was, would go and prepare for them and would come again to receive them unto himself. He cared for them. And notice he cares so much until when he knowed he must leave in order to bring this great thing to us. He said, I'll not leave you comfortless, but I'll send the Holy Spirit and he shall continue my care for you until he returns. There's no one cares like Jesus. And knowing he sent back his, let me just move. We, we got to go. We got to go through this. I want to get to one thing. Can you give me about 15 more minutes? Let me hear a hearty amen. amen. Thank you. <clears throat> Only one service, so. You love him? Amen. Brother Brandon begins to relate this dream. This is where I got my title from, Being Changed. Begins to relate this dream of Brother Roy. And he, and he, one night the Lord woke him. One morning we're setting... He and I look like in Jerusalem at the Lord's communion table. And I was talking. He couldn't understand it. And Brother Roy sitting present, looking, looking at me right now. He saw it. And he called me up in Houston out, or out in Arizona, sent me a letter, and I called him back. He said, you were sitting there, Brother Branham, and I saw that big pillar of light come in and get you and take you away from the Lord's table, and you went westward. Because he was sitting on the east side watching me go west. And this light come in and taken me out. Now this is a dream Brother Roy has. And he doesn't understand it. He comes to Brother Branham with his demons. He's worried and he's fretting. saying, Brother Branham, I don't know what it means. And he says, taking take me out. said, it was one morning like it was a vision. Got up in the bed about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Something like that. Saw this happen. And he screamed, looked like for days. Brother Bill, come back. And Roy and I have been real brothers. We live together, hunt together. We're just brothers. And he screamed for me. Till he was hoarse in his throat. Come back. Bring him back. Bring him back. Crying. And he said, he said, ah, here come that pillar of fire coming back or a cloud come back. And he set me at the head of the table. Notice. 
And I had been changed. It was a mystery to Brother Roy, me being changed, to look different. I lay this up here. Brother Adam takes a note and he writes down on a piece of paper and he sits it there and he says, I lay this up here for something I want to remember. And he writes, being changed. When I give him the interpretation of it. Now I know your mind sees westward and an angel and he's coming in the light and he's taking him westward. He was sitting eastward. And you're thinking mystery and ethereal and here's the seals and maybe it was, maybe it was the thunders and maybe over here. Listen how Brother Brandon begins to relate what this dream actually meant of him who when Brother Roy seen him, he was changed. He didn't look the same. He was different. He says, now I'm preaching to myself. Could we stand and see a human being? I'm preaching to myself. This is Brother Branham. Could we stand and see a human being? Because you, you come from this quote where he says, I'm going to lay this up here and get come to it later. And he preaches the entire sermon standing in the gap. He's going to come back to it. And now he begins to become very transparent, very honest about himself. And he says, now I'm preaching to myself in this. Could we stand and see a human being that's blind? physically blind, and know that he's walking over a cliff? Could we, in our stall state of mind that we're in this morning, could we stand and see a blind man walk over a cliff, blind, and not try to warn him? It would be so cruel. We would be so, notice, notice, we would be so indifferent in our heart. Could you imagine a person getting so indifferent that he could almost laugh and see a blind man that could not see and can't help himself deliberately walk off a cliff. That would be a bad thing. Do nothing about it. Well, my brethren, world over, I want to make this confession. I humbly say it. That just about what I was doing or fixing to do. Hold on. Brother Branham, you, you came to a place so indifferent in your heart. You was just about to do that. I had been preaching for years. I become an old man and an old veteran preacher. Notice, had a lot of hard battles. And maybe I'm scarred. All cut up on the inside from fights. Now you may not be able to relate to a prophetic ministry. A seventh angel, church age messenger. Brother Branham says, I'm veteran now. I've came through a lot of battles, a lot of fights. I'm all scarred up. You may not be able to relate like in his way, but in your own way, you could confess that this morning and say, maybe I could be all scarred up on the inside. Had a lot of hard battles. Marriages can become scarred. Relationships between mothers and fathers and children and cousins and churches and brothers and sisters. Cut up from fights because my lot that the Lord gave me was not to kiss the babies, not to marry the young or bury the old, but it was to hold a two-handed sword at the battlefront against the wiles of paganism and demonology, demonology and the powers of darkness and fight it with the word of God till I've seen the enemy defeated. I've been cut deep many times. Ah, now we see why Brother Branham is saying that was me got to a place in my life where I'd seen a blind man walk over a cliff and could almost laugh. See, Brother Branham can get that way. 
Yes, when he allowed things in his conscience, in his memory, in his reasoning, in his affection, in his imagination. Now, I, I met a man who was a Christian, and he's got a great country right in Alaska. And I had made up my mind that being that I had left here and gone west, that I would take my wife and kind of trap her into something. Uh-huh. You ever done that, brothers? <laughs> take my wife and kind of trap her. I'd get up there and become a guide. Then if the Lord wanted me to do something, I'd let my hair grow out and whiskers. I'd go back in there and be a guide. There's only about two or three Indians live back in the country there, and I'd just be a guide and I'd help Bud. And if the Lord wanted me to do wanted wanted me to do anything, then I'd say, all right, Lord, he'd give me a vision. I would, I'd slip on out. Then I'd be in a nervous, I say this kind of quietly, maybe a neurotically type of person that I am, knowing that I was insufficient at the beginning. What an honest man. Here's the prophet of God. And he's saying, I'm so neurotic. And so, why are you so neurotic and so nervous? Because I knew from the very beginning I'm insufficient for this job. For the job, as many as has complained that had to do it, it was hard. But I thought, God, why didn't you call somebody that could have done it? I'm sorry, but I failed. The people just won't listen to me. And I failed to do what I should have done somewhere because they won't listen. What is his struggle? He's struggling that this situation, I've tried with everything I could and it won't change. I must have failed. My mother that's just passed on the glory about a little over a year ago, my mother or father was a hunter and I think I got all that come out from him in that stand. Because I love the woods and I thought if, if this people that call themselves Christians, if they don't want to listen to the message that I'm preaching, then let them alone. I'll just stop it all together and I'll go up into the mountain. Now he takes an attitude because he has a church that won't line up to what he's preaching. Before leaving here, I might drop this in. Well, we're in a hurry. I dream. I dreamed a funny dream, an odd dream. And I hope when my brother-in-law gets a hold of it, it doesn't hurt his feelings. I hope I don't hurt my wife who's sitting present now, but she knows it. About many months ago, right on, well, it was around about October, November, I dreamed that I was roaming out in the dark, and well, I had no place to go, and nobody cared for me, and I'd become a bum, just a bum, and I was cold, and I looked in the distance and saw a fire. When I got over there, it was a city dump, and they had ditches, and the fire was in those ditches, and between the ditches was slick where bums would sleep there to keep warm from freezing between the fires and a cold winter night, and I was cold, and I walked up to this fire to get warm, and I was laying full of, I was laying full of bums, and I didn't see any of them, but they all like had stalls or places where they were sleeping. Their sleeping place was, and I saw my brother-in-law, Fletcher, Fletcher Broy. When I woke up, before I woke up, Fletch said to me, he said in the dream, he said, Billy, I'll hunt you a place, Brother Bill. You fed my children and they were hungry. You was a daddy to them. Now I'll find you a place to keep warm. And we went walking by the bum's place and finally come to a place. He said, I'll sit down here. And I said, I'll walk up here and see if I can find a place. I walked up and looked out into the dark, cold night and I thought, think of it. This is what Brother Manham's thinking in this dream. Think of it. Here he's a bum and he's looking for a place to sleep. And he says, think of it. One time, God Almighty let me lead His church. One time, He let me preach His gospel. 
and see souls saved. Men and women come from around the world to speak with me for a few minutes, and here I am now a bum. And nobody wants me, and I'm cold. What must I do? Then I woke up. I told my wife, I said, maybe it means Fletch is in need. So we hurried up to see if we could find him. His brother found him, so I come back down from Canada with, brother, with Fred uh, and them and the other day. And in my mind, notice this, and in my mind, I had made it up. If these people didn't want to hear my message, all right, they didn't have to. I had preached now for about 35 years. In the last 15 to 18 years, I'd done nothing but just to the... He says, I've done nothing but just to the Lord. I've tried to live so close to Him and not say a word till He would told me first. Then I come down from Canada and Fred, oh, Brother Roy told me his dream. And he and I, Brother Banks, rode along together just before we separated. I say to people, I've never regarded myself anybody knowing this. People, He says, anybody knowing this? But people have said, Brother Brandon, the Lord called you to be His prophet. never regarded myself as, as that, but I began to get to the time when I was about ready to do it, to think, well, maybe I am. If I am, I'll live back in the wilderness. If I live back in the wilderness, then I'll be His prophet. See, and then He wants to send me somewhere while He's not using me, then I'll sure catch some fish and do some things. Of course, that was kind of a selfish attitude, see, because I wanted to do that. Now, it isn't just exactly the thing that's to do. And now I had that, I had that made up in my mind to do that. I'm going to trap my wife. I'm going to go up and be a guy. These people won't hear me. So I got up about 4 o'clock, got started driving. Billy was sleeping. Went to a place I was thinking on my mind, you know what? One of these days, as soon as I can get the wife up there, I won't tell her what I'm going to do. But I'd get up there and then I'm just going to, then I'm going to tell her I love this place. So no need of us going anywhere. See, let's just stay here. and That's back from civilization, 1,100 miles from anywhere. See, way in the wilderness. I thought, won't that be fine? I won't get a haircut. I, I won't have to dress up. I'll just be a real genuine mountaineer, what I always wanted to be. And I said, i got some guns and some people give me, and I'll be a guide like you never heard of. Oh, I'll just love it. Then if the Lord tells me to go down, see all these trays, he's not backsliding. He's not wanting to go to a bar and sit on the bar stool. He's just wanting to step off of the line that God has ordained for him to do. He's wanting to take a little detour. And oh, imagine if he would have. Where would you be today? I got some guns and I'll be a guy like you never heard of. The Lord tells me to go down somebody. I'll run out and tell them and come back again and I'll help Bud. And we'll really have a place here. I was thinking on that. It said, carry out your plans, and you'll be like that. I said, Lord, I don't, I don't want to be like that. This is the bump. Now this dream's coming back. Your wife will go too. She won't live up in them hills like that. And you'll become a bum just as the dream showed you would. I said, I don't want to... I don't want to be that, but I, I, I don't want to have to live like that. I want to, I want to do something different, but I was told that you had called me to be a prophet and I want to live in this wilderness like a prophet, but I was using my own excuse so I could hunt my own good. I let that, I let the sick lay. I want the Lord, listen to this. I want the Lord to tell me where to go and not to. That's wrong. I had built myself a complex. Because the people didn't hear my message. And if you'll, and God forbid that I'll try, 
I'll try to compare the life now like Moses, but it's exactly what Moses did. The people wouldn't listen to him when he come down to deliver them, so he just left them alone and went into the wilderness. But God turned him around, and he had long forgotten the suffering of his people. Listen, and these Rickies and Rakettas that have so sassed the word, and I've called them Ricky and Rakettas, God give me to understand I shouldn't do that. Because that's many of them are still His children. They can't help because they act so much different. Some of these old, cold, formal churches has got them, that spirit upon them. And they're in much in prison as Israel was in prison, just as much as Moses went down to deliver them from slavery. Human beings that love Jesus Christ would serve Him if they only knew what to serve Him by. And they're in bondage under denominationalism that tells them, don't you do this and don't you do that. So what happens Brother Branham in his own flesh gets so complex, he's calling them Rickies and Rickettas and getting an attitude. And the Lord said, you shouldn't do that. So now he's born of the Spirit of God. He's a prophet of God. But now somewhere in his nature, now he's developed a complex. And he says, but the call of God must come. Whoever wants to march towards the promised land, let him march. We're on a road to the promised land. Let them come march. We're on the road to meet Christ at the end time. Notice, and I wanted to bring this to you so that you would see and show you that the mistake that a man can make yet being sincere. Moses lost the feeling of his people because they wouldn't listen. And Brother Roy, you see your dream And now I cannot go with a ministry like that until I feel different in my heart about it, no matter if God did tell me. But that is that change that Brother Roy seen coming. So the change of the man who would sit at the head of the table and look different, what was it about? It was a change of his attitude that a complex had caused towards people. You think the Lord Jesus would care so much about the attitude Brother Branham would take towards unbelieving denominational people who sassed the Word of God, and God cared so much about that. And you don't think He cares about how we treat each other? You don't think He cares about how we treat each other, how this side treats that side, and how they treat the middle? You don't think, oh, let's take it a little bit further. You don't think the Lord cares about how we treat the pastor and how the pastor treats how we treat the sound guys, how we treat the deacons, how we treat the musicians, how we treat each other? You don't think the Lord cares? You don't think the Lord cares? Let's take it a little further. Dads, you don't think the Lord cares about how you treat your wife, how you treat your family? Mom, you don't think the Lord cares? That's the change. That Brother Roy seen coming. Something's got to change me. Because in my heart, if I go there, out there, feeling the way I do now, I still feel they ought to have heard the message. They ought to have done it. And I don't have the feeling for the people that I should have. Until I can get that feeling, there's no need in me going because I'd be a hypocrite. In all these years, I've tried to serve him with a true heart, and I won't go out there being a hypocrite. I've got to feel that this isn't a Ricky and Ricketta, and this isn't a bunt. He says, it's God's children that's in bondage, and I must go to them until I can feel that way. 
I'll just have to loaf around, preach some conventions and things, but wait. God bless you, each one. We hope to see you again real soon. Till then, will you do me this one favor for me now, both here and on tapes also, you brethren. Pray that God will place into my heart that's something that I lost out there in that complex. It's so easy to build a complex. Could you bow your heads with me? You can do it so easily. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Musicians, could you come? You can do, you can so easily do it. It's, you just get a little something in your mind. So easy to build a complex. So easy to allow a fear from the past, a failure. And that's, that's a branch that falls over on that plant. And then it starts to deform and it starts to grow wrong. You let a fear, let a bitterness, let malice, hatred, envy, strife. It enters your channels. I'm a believer. I love the Lord. I love my family. I love the Lord. I want... But somewhere down in here, it's so easy just to allow just a little something there. Brother Adam says you could do it so easily. Get a little something in your mind and keep thinking that way. Go back. Go back. I I admonish you this morning, Hickory Bible Tabernacle. Go back and check it with the Scripture and see if it's right or not and then go from there. Don't lose the feeling of the people. I admonish you, Dad, Mom, young people, brothers, sisters, This is the change. You've got to be changed. We've got to be changed. The need for the Lord to make a difference. I just want to raise hands and say, Lord, come and make a difference in my heart. Come and make a difference in my life. Come and clean out the channels. Clean out my memory, my conscience, my reasoning, my affection. I've tried to get over it and I can't get over it. So what am I doing? I'm standing to my feet. Maybe you want to stand. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm giving it to you. I can't take it from me, but I'm giving it to you. Maybe you want to stand up and raise hands and say, Lord, I surrender it all to you right now. I surrender my mind, my body, my soul, my spirit. Oh, God bless you as you stand to your feet. Everybody together. Don't lose the feeling. You must remember. They're not made out of sawdust. They're flesh and blood. Human beings and a soul. Pray for me, all of you. God bless you. Pray for me. I wonder if we could just raise a hand with our head bowed. I wonder if you could say, I'm going to pray for you today. My brother, my husband, my wife, my children. Don't pray for yourself. Pray for that person beside you. Why don't you raise your hand and say, Lord, clean us this morning. Purify us this morning by your holy fire. Purify our minds. All of my fears, all of my complexes, all of my memory. Would you wash me? Would you wash us as a body? Could we walk in purity again of our mind? And could we forget the past? Could we say like Paul, I forget those things which are yesterday. I forget what happened this morning. I forget what happened last year. I've got to move on. I've got to be changed. I've got to press on. I can't stop here. I can't stop where I'm at. I've got, I refuse to sit on the sideline. I'm going to move on with Christ. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let God. And I'm going to be changed this morning. Lord Jesus, 
I just lift both my hands up with everybody here. Lord, I just surrender just now as those that are here are surrendering. Lord, I, I can't, Lord, at this moment, I just pray that everybody prays for themselves. I'm going to pray, Lord, but I pray everybody would just enter in right now. Would you enter in for your home? Enter in for your family? Enter in for your children? We live in a neurotic world and a neurotic pace and a neurotic age where it's hurry and go and, and, and sometimes we just have to stop and say, Lord, would you come and heal that spot? Would you come now that you've done the surgery, you've opened me up and my heart's opened up. I don't need a psychologist. I don't need a doctor. I don't need medicine. I don't need aspirin. I need the Word. I need the healer of a broken heart. I need the great physician to come and do the work on my inside of my inside. Oh, it's to you young children, little children, you teenagers. You old, you married, yeah, some of you elderly. Uh, it's, it's for you to say, Lord, great healer, come into my heart and heal all of the broken pieces. Don't ever let me lose that love, that gentle, sweet, meek spirit. That humble heart where I can love everybody. I can love my enemy. Grant it, Lord Jesus. We want to be Christians which means to be Christ-like. I want to be a Christian. I want to be like You. I want to walk like You. I want to walk in Your very footsteps, Lord. And if I've been wrong, then I just I, I want to lose my pride and say, then forgive me, Jesus, where I've been wrong. Forgive me, Lord. May Your blood atone for me. I know I've been born of Your Spirit. I know I've been changed. But even me, I could come to places in my life and build complexes and I could get to spots to where I, if I'd be honest and admit it, I, I really haven't, I, I've not kept a clean account with the Lord. I just want to raise hands and say, forgive me, Jesus. I'm coming back to You right now. I'm surrendering to that angel that's been sent over my life to woo me into the presence of God. I'm surrendering to that influence. I'm casting down. I want to say this morning, we cast down every vain imagination and every thought that is contrary to the Word of God. Cast it down. Grant it, Lord Jesus, to your children as we close. Grant it, Lord. What are you playing, brother? Matt. What are you playing? Be close. Could you raise your hands and sing it now? Closer, Lord, to you than the world around. Oh, sing it to him now. Faith. Jesus, draw me close. That's my prayer. That's my desire, Lord. For I desire, for I desire to worship and obey. Oh, my Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord, to let this world. Oh, so 
song before we're dismissed. I uh, was thinking this a little bit when uh, my brother Matt was talking. Uh, I've been changed. I've been reborn. And all of my life has been rearranged. Amen. Doesn't mean that everything's easy. (laughs) In fact, it isn't. You've got, sometimes you're doing pretty good. Sometimes you're doing pretty bad. Amen. But I am thankful that I've been changed. Amen. I've been changed, I've been reborn, well all of my life has been rearranged, amen, well what a difference it makes when the Lord has His way, all of my life, praise God, and let's sing it again, well I've been changed, I've been reborn, all of my life has been rearranged. Oh, what a difference it makes when the Lord has His way. All of my life, praise God. One more time. Yes, I've been changed. I've been reborn. All of my life has been rearranged. Oh, what a difference it makes when the Lord has His way. All of my life, praise God, has been changed. And I've been to the water and I've been baptized. All of my gosh, in the blood of the Lamb. Well, I've been changed from the creature that I once was and redeemed is now my name Cause I've been changed I've been reborn All of my life has been rearranged Oh, what a difference it makes When the Lord has His way All of my life, praise God, has been changed Though my sins were as scarlet They're white as snow I was found But today, amen Free Oh, I was lost in the darkness But now 
I am found. I was blind, but now I see. Cause I've been changed. I've been reborn now. All of my life has been rearranged. Oh, what a difference it makes when the Lord has His way. All of my life, praise God, has been changed. When I stand in His presence, I stand above. He will wipe every tear from my eyes. And I'll thank Him for giving a wretch like me a new home, amen, beyond the sky. Well, I've been changed. I've been reborn. All of my life has been rearranged. Oh, what a difference it makes when the Lord has His way all of my life. Praise God has been changed. Give me just this, if you'll grant me. I want to sing the second verse one more time. We'll sing the chorus, and I promise we'll be dismissed. I'm so thankful I was set free. Amen. I like this. Though my sins were as scarlet, they're white as snow. I was bound, but today I'm free. Amen. How many of you were bound? Amen. We get complexes. We get all kinds of things that happen in our past. Old baggage sometimes that we carry, but I'm thankful I can be free. Amen. Though my sins were as scarlet, they're white as snow. I was bound, but today I am free. Oh, I was lost in the darkness, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I am free. Yes, I've been changed. I've been reborn all of my life has been rearranged oh what a difference it makes when the lord has his way all of my life praise god one more time will i've been changed i've been reborn all of my life has been rearranged oh what a difference it makes when the lord has his way all of my life, praise God, has been changed. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Mitch if he'll come up and we're going to dismiss the service in a word of prayer. And then we'll let you go. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we just want to come before you just this once before we depart and just thank you Lord for this opportunity you gave us we just pray Lord that you will just go with us now as throughout the day just be in our conversation and just help us to apply what was preached Lord this morning to our lives and if there be any Lord that still is holding on to a complex or is still trying to let it go we just pray Lord that you would just move on their behalf and just set them free Lord just go with us, protect us, forgive us of our sins and mistakes, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. What are you playing? What? All right, we're going to be dismissed. Thank God I'm free. And you can go as we sing this. I'm free, free, free. 
from this world of sin. Well, I've been washed in the blood of Jesus again. Oh, hallelujah, I'm saved. I'm saved by His wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I found out He could bring me out And show me the way For a long time I traveled Real down along